Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Devils in Newark, except, you know, blah, whatever, didn't have it. We'll get them the next time. But if you dig a little bit below that, and by that I mean below the top forward line, you'll find plenty there that matters quite a bit. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. Comes your way every weekday, bright and early. If you're into football and or baseball, I also offer up daily shots of Steelers and Pirates. Shots on goal in this game were 42 to 35 in Pittsburgh's favor. And that would suggest at least, you know, right out there with what you can see statistically that the Penguins gave a pretty good effort. They actually didn't, not until I'd say later in the second period, and then they kind of turned it up in the third, and by that point, they weren't beating Scott Wedgwood, who actually was pretty sharp in goal, not taking any credit away from him. But he made 40 saves, and out of those, there weren't more than a handful that came on second chances, rebounds, screens, deflections. In fact, in fact, the two goals that the Penguins scored came on a Jake Gensel redirect and Brian Rust shooting through a body. But that was about it, you know? I mean, everything else was just he could see it plain as day, Wedgwood could. And you can ride whoever you want in a game like this out of the stars and say, oh, they really need to step up and you know, do their thing. Uh, Evgeny Malkin was out. Uh, they know they're going to be without Teddy Bluger for a good while. Jared McCann still was unable to play. So you're missing some guys. You have to do some line shuffling, and Mike Sullivan certainly did a ton of that, actually mixing up pretty much everybody other than Sid's line. But you also need your your pluggers and your roll guys to be your pluggers and roll guys occasionally. This group does almost nothing of the kind. And sometimes I'm inclined to let so-and-so off the hook and say, well, you know, Zach Aston-Reese, he's at least part of that Bluger and Tanev line. But where was he last night? Where was Evan Rodriguez? Where were Mark Jankowski? Who was the dude playing on the fourth line that Frederick Gaudreau? This team needs help. I don't know if it's bottom six help, but I do know that it's third slash fourth line kind of help. It is not in-house. 
It is not available with the snap of a finger to the taxi squad. It is going to require an outside acquisition of some sort. I am 100% on board with the idea of not making Jim Rutherford trades this season. I am on record a hundred times over, going back three years through a big chunk of Rutherford's own tenure as saying that I'm not in favor of Rutherford-type trades. No more trading draft picks. No more trading prospects. Well, you don't have to worry about the latter anymore since there aren't really any prospects left in the system because there were no draft picks. You have to hang on to what you have as it relates to the future. My favorite thing about the Ron Hextall hire was that I firmly believe that he'll do that. But that doesn't mean you don't do anything. The waiver wire, which we don't have access to, it's not public information. Every once in a while it'll leak to a reporter and you'll see some names get out, but we never see the whole thing. It's not like it's something that gets distributed or disseminated. It's just not. The waiver wire has a player or two or three every single day who's better than Mark Jankowski. I'm not going to make this loss about Jankowski, although he sure did a wonderful job of getting out of the way of P.K. Subban's slapper on New Jersey's second goal. I mean, that was quite some display. Hockey people see that kind of thing. Believe me, his teammates see it, his coaches see it. The instant players are healthy again, he is so far out of this lineup that he'll be rocketed to the sun. I understand that there are cap limitations. Penguins have very little space. I also understand that there are roster limitations. Beyond what some people might know, there's only a finite amount of names that you can have on a broader organizational roster. That figure is 50 this year. And the Penguins are at 48. So you can't really be messing around with that too much. But when Dominic Simone comes available on the waivers and he's making NHL minimum and you have a coaching staff and a locker room that will vouch for him a thousand times over, you at least know that you're going to get a competitive hockey player that's going to contribute something. It won't be goals. But he'll be on the puck. He'll do smart things with the puck. He'll be strong and in his own way physical. Mike Sullivan loves Simone's physicality per his definition of it, meaning how hard he battles to win the puck and does win it. It's not about Simone. There are players like this constantly who are better than Jankowski, who are better than Colton Sevier, who are better than whoever this Goudreau guy was. This can't happen. This season is too short. These points are too precious to just hope that this skates itself away, this problem. Sure, it'd be nice. Jared McCann might be able to return soon. That seems like a distinct possibility. I guess we'll find out about Evgeny Malkin next week. 
once he's off the week-long IR period. But Bluger's going to be out for a while. We know that. And we know that there are no in-house replacements for what he does. But beyond that, we also know that there was no fourth line when everyone was healthy, or most everyone was healthy. When it was Sid, Gino, and Bluger out there, there was still no fourth line presence on this team. And with all these games in such a compact period of time, a lot of them against tough divisional opponents, meaning a whole lot tougher than the Devils, you need to roll four lines. Sullivan said that entering this month. He said that his intent as head coach was going to be to roll four lines as often as he could to try to make sure that he wasn't excessively taxing his most important players. That has not happened. This portion of Daily Shot is brought to you by Fubo TV. If you haven't already cut the cable cord, I can't imagine what you're waiting for. I really can't. They have AT&T Sportsnet. To me, that's the only reason I held on to cable. Because I thought, well, there's just no other way that I can get the local Penguins and Pirates games. Well, they've got that. On top of that, Fubo TV is offering our listeners, meaning of this podcast, a seven-day free trial and 15% off your first month. All you have to do is go to FuboTV.com slash DK. There's no contracts, no catch. You can cancel at any time. Once more, go to FuboTV.com slash DK to get 15% off your first month as well as the free trial. Mike Sullivan had the Sid line out there a lot more than he normally would. Sid ended up with nearly 22 minutes of ice time. And you'd usually like to see Sid check in at around 18 or 19. He didn't have a choice. He's putting guys on the rink who are passengers. And they're comfortable in the role of passengers. They don't see themselves as difference makers. This has happened a lot in this franchise's history. It really has because the franchise has been built on superstars for 35 plus years now. The superstars get out there, they get their ice time, they do their damage, and the other guys are just there to kind of make sure that nothing bad happens while they're on the rink. Well, sometimes you actually need those players to contribute something. And they did nothing of the kind last night. I'm going to single out a positive example after this break of someone who did make a difference. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 
Welcome back. This segment is brought to you by the very good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank. They're committed to providing food for our neighbors in need in our region. And there are neighbors who don't always feel comfortable asking for help. If you're one of those, by all means, speak up. Go to pittsburghfoodbank.org slash get help to find food near you. Here's someone who had a good game last night. He had zero goals and zero assists. But he played really well, and he gave it his all, and he contributed toward, you know, ideally a, a winning cause. It was Sidney Crosby. I know, I'm not exactly breaking much ground here. It's easy to watch. This is why I'm bringing this up. It's easy to watch a game like that and think, well, this is when Sid needs to really step up and he needs to get goals and assists and everything else here. Sid registered eight shots on goal. That was more than anyone on either team. Registered a hit. Four takeaways. Four takeaways. The entire rest of the Penguins roster had one. It was by Brian Rust. He was on the rink, as I mentioned, for 21-54. He also won 22 out of 36 face-offs. And the real number there is that he took 36 face-offs. That's how often Sullivan had to put him out there because he's that low on centermen. The guy named Goudreau went 3-3. Three and three. Jankowski, 5-4. and four. Lafferty, 4-2. and two. And Rodriguez, 1-6. Colton Sevier took a draw, too. He was 0-1. Sid took 36 draws. Um, the reason I'm sharing this, the reason I'm underscoring this, isn't so that you can think to yourself, man, you know, this guy's got a future in the game. It's that you can't ask him to do everything. You can't. Other people have to contribute. We can talk about what constitutes a second line, because a second line in and of itself is, I don't know, it's, it's hard to say much critical about it. I thought Kasperi Kapanen actually had a decent game. You know, but he's out there with Rodriguez and, it's just not it's it's not the same thing you know it it it's not the kind of line that you want him on but this team in general needs to have a third and a fourth line or a third or a fourth line when everyone's healthy depending on what you do with bluger what if the bluger aston reese tanav line became your fourth line and you instead tried to put together a third line it was comprised of scorers. You know, try to mimic the whole HBK thing. You could have Jared McCann on it. You could have Jason Zucker on it. Get yourself a third-line center and then put, like, I don't know, an Anthony Angelo or someone like that on the right side, kind of a bigger body, a banger, a younger set of legs. But where's that center? It's not in the Pittsburgh organization. It is not Jankowski. If Hextall 
and Brian Burke look at this roster and deem that it's worthy of even a modest upgrade, a single trade that won't damage the franchise's future, it can be it can be swung. It can. There's a lot of different ways to do it. With the salary cap, with the draft picks, with the prospects, and everything else taken into consideration. It can be done. Ask me and what's needed most on this roster is an impact third line center who can navigate all 200 feet of the rink. And if that sounds like I'm describing Eric Stahl, so be it, because he's eminently available in Buffalo. Thanks so much for listening to this, Uh, not just today, all week long and, and all the time. The podcast continues to grow. The podcasting network continues to grow. We had our biggest downloads day ever on Thursday, I'm proud to say. And I'm not sure exactly why it's happening, but I'm glad that it is, and I'm grateful that it is. At Point Park University, in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Your front door. Your car. Your gym locker. Your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.